Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Thank you for joining us tonight at the table with Darlene. We are so excited that you are joining us. Uh, we have an exciting uh, evening for uh, for you. Uh, I believe that we have every week wonderful guests. I'm always excited at the guests that are on here, and I hope that the listeners, if this is your first time listening, that you will take time and go back and listen to some of our other podcasts. But this is a very special time because we have with us John David Skiles and his beautiful wife, Rachel. And they are from Faith Iberia Church, pastors there for a little over six years. And their life is absolutely amazing because of the people that they are. Uh, Daryl and I were, we were just uh, privileged to sit in and just uh, get to talk pastor to pastor with them a few weeks ago. And guys, you got me so excited that I wanted to bring you on our podcast. But before we get you started, I want to just introduce everybody. Sitting to my right is my daughter, Tiffany. Tiffany, as usual, we are glad you're here. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. And I know that you're going to have a lot of questions for this young couple when they get going because they have some really good things to say. And of course, sitting right across from you is who? Who's that guy over there the sitting at the table master. tonight? Assistant director. The assistant <laughs> producer. Oh, producer. Pastor Daryl Rhodes. <laughs> the guy also with a mess dad. on his end of, ta- of the table. It's a beautiful mess. It's a beautiful mess. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. You just, just encouraged like my it. life. Yeah. <laughs> Mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> you just encouraged it, Chris. I know. we got to stick together. Yeah, well, sitting right next to... Uh, dad, pastor, and my awesome husband, and sitting next. Oh yes, co-producer. He's my co-producer. Oh my goodness, Chris, please. Anyway, Chris, our executive producer that keeps us going, Chris Norman. Of course, we're glad you're here too. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And our special, very, very special guest tonight. I feel like it's kind of like very special agent. To, to Anthony Donoso. Anthony Donoso. <laughs> very special. Yeah. yeah, so very, very special pastors and friends, John and Rachel Skiles. We're so glad you're here. Uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. All the way from Iberia. What's going on in Iberia today? Well, there's a softball game tonight. There's some Little League soccer games, and uh, that about sums it up. So. <laughs> well, hey, that's about as exciting as it is anywhere. I yeah. mean, that's a lot going on. Tell us where Iberia is exactly. Um, if you know the state of Missouri, if you go to Jeff City and hang a left, and about halfway between the Lake of the Ozarks and Jeff City, hang another left, and you'll find yourself in the middle of the woods, which is where Iberia is. I've been there one time. <laughs> It was a cool little town. Yeah. It's an yeah. adorable yeah. little town. Yeah, it's neat. You used to have a really nice uh, ice cream shop right there on the corner. Isn't there a Ford dealership, yes. like a really old, cool-looking one? Yeah. Yeah, there used to be. Now it's a uh, a guy takes old cars and he uh, remodels them and works them there. That's even the better. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. It's a yeah. So. Actually, you're not. You're only about 15 miles, maybe, from uh, Vienna, Missouri. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's about right. But mm-hmm. you notice he didn't say Vienna because not too many people know where Vienna is. That's another metropolis in Missouri. Right, <laughs> right, right. Isn't that that water town in uh, Italy? Vienna? Uh, no, that's Venice. Venice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, I just showed my ignorance. I've been to both of them. 
We are we are just starting this podcast, and we were already derailed. I'm concerned. <laughs> Listeners, it's uh, okay. Okay. We'll try to get it back on track. We'll try. But anyway, John and Rachel, uh, you have, which I loved the conversation right before we, we got uh, started on this podcast, we were talking about how the, the fact that you have these teenage sons and you have one that's getting married in just 11 days and yes. as someone that's known you forever I can't believe that you have a son that's old enough to get married well I I actually I have two sons that are that would be considered uh young men that would be considered men so yeah yeah so that is awesome and they are awesome young men and we're going to talk about that tell us about your children a little bit Tell us. Okay. Um, we have four sons all together, and uh, everyone always looks at us funny when we say that. They always ask if we want a girl. Um, no, we don't want a girl. We don't. Uh, <laughs> we, love, we love having boys. We love having our sons. Uh, we have a, right now, we have a 20-year-old, 19-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Yeah. And uh, they are uh, they are just great young men, and uh, they they love God. They love people. Um, they're they're each one of them are smart in their own right and uh, in the things that they love. And so uh, we just we are passionate about our sons. We really are. And that's one of the things that excited me so much when we were talking. A few weeks ago, we were talking as pastors, and it's so good to get together with other pastors and talk, and, you know, we just love on each other and encourage each other, and that was a beautiful time, and so I'm very grateful for that, and we need more of that for sure, but I got really excited when you guys begin to tell us about your sons and different things that, in how that you are raising your sons. And one of the things that you said that stood out to me was you're raising your sons to be gentlemen and not jerks. Jerks. And, yes, and, and that's that that in itself, you know, audience, listen to that. Would you like to have a son that is a gentleman or a jerk? And I'm sure all of you would say, well, I know a little bit about the second, but I don't know anything about the first part. <laughs> and so we need people like you two to come along and tell us what God has placed in your heart because at this time of life when we see so many dysfunctional things families right. uh, so many lost people whether they're in their you know uh, juniors all the way up into in, uh, senior citizens they seem so lost and we can all agree that there is something very valuable that has been missing. And it starts with the home. And right. if our homes aren't prepared for their children, and they don't make pre preparations, we shoot in the dark with our children. And so I was excited when I heard what you two are doing. And that is one of the main focuses that I really want us to get into tonight if you all are willing to. And so just kind of give us a little background. And Rachel, you have a lot of good things to say. So anytime, you okay. jump in there too, girl. Hey, you know, right. one, one thing I noticed about the Skiles, and I think I know all of them, I knew uh, your uh, 
grandma and grandpa and you pappy skiles and any uh it seems like that family is blessed with boys <laughs> very few girls are born into the skiles family and uh here you know joe had four boys and uh which is your uncle and then you come along and have four boys uh, right is there uh is there something about that um it's in the genes. That's all I can say. It's in the genes. Of course, my grandfather's name was Gene. It was Gene, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind of a running family joke. Um, I, I, I don't know. We were just blessed uh, with boys. And, and uh, I, you know, I tell people all the time, I don't know that I could handle a girl. And, um, you know, we're getting ready to get our first daughter uh, through, through marriage. And uh, we kind of like that. Rachel likes it because she doesn't have to share any of her jewelry. She didn't have to share <laughs> any of her makeup. Her shoes. Uh, yeah, her shoes. Are, yeah, so uh, we're getting a daughter that is already raised up and loves God. And uh, and so, um, but no, we just, uh, we, we've been married for 23 years. And um, a couple of years after we got married, we, we had our first son. And uh, funny thing about, all of our boys, all four of them are born in a different state um, because of ministry. Uh, we were in different places. So we have a California baby. We have a Missouri baby. We have a Mississippi baby and an Indiana. So, that is yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so um, I remember when, when our oldest son, Jaron, when he was born, uh, I remember just taking him in my arms and, and holding him. And in that moment, just a, a realness uh, came to my heart, and I realized and understood everything that my dad had tried, that, that my dad had taught me and, and poured into me over the years, and I realized how important my role was at that moment, and, and uh, I wasn't just married, but now I was a father, and, uh, and, and God began, I think, in that moment pouring into me um, what I needed to do uh, for at least my first son. And then, of course, as the others come along, it just it's it has grown inside of me. And so um, and probably everything that 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 we're going to get, everything that we're going to talk about tonight on, on our side, it probably began uh, a couple of years ago with our DNA statements. OK, so everything is made up of DNA. Um, plants, uh, humans, everything that we know is made up of DNA. And if something's not in that, then it won't be that particular thing. And so as I begin to ponder on that, uh, God began to just speak some statements into my life through other individuals, through books that I've read, through things that I heard. And I realized that they were little quick lessons that I could teach my sons and I can make those statements, and it would, it would get their attention, and they would remember those DNA statements. And so, um, our family has five DNA statements. All right, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Rachel read those to you. That's okay. Oh, just those that sitting at the table or in their living room or wherever you might want to get a pencil and paper out and write some of these down. If you don't the first time of listening to this. Please do so, because I believe that it's really important. Now, does your DNA stand for something different than the DNA that we are accustomed to hearing? 
No, it's just DNA makes up everything, and 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 we felt that in our lives uh, we had to have these particular DNA strands, uh, statements, quotes. Um, I guess churches would call them core values, maybe. Sure. Um, that we that we wanted to be able to speak just these little statements, and our boys would realize and understand that hey, I'm not doing something right. I need to look at myself and change myself in this moment. And so, um, so I'm going to have her read those five DNA statements. Okay. Right. Yeah. The first one I already mentioned, you mentioned it. It's be gentlemen, not jerks. If you're out there and you have girls, um, we do not. So he also taught a lesson with the teenagers. We did gentlemen, not jerks and lady, not a loser. Our second DNA statement would be average is easy. Excellence takes work. That's good. So good. Number yeah. three, aided obedience is disobedience. And that is something that I preach quite regularly <laughs> um, because belated, if God tells us to do something now, if we wait till later, it's disobedience because belated obedience, because a lot of teenagers and a lot of kids are like, oh, I'll take care of it later. No, if mom says get up and take out the trash, you get up now and you take out the trash because if you wait, that's disobedience, mm -hmm. and that's what we poured into our sons. So, all right, hit that fourth one, baby. Okay. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. And the fifth one is griping only makes it worse for everyone around you. <laughs> that's good. You came up with these on your own. Well, these were things that we had heard. Uh, the first one I got from a, a youth pastor friend of mine, and he was, um, he was using it as a sermon series. And I borrowed sermon series and preached it to my youth group, be a gentleman, not a jerk, be a lady, not a loser. And it just, it resonated with Rachel mm -hmm. and I, and it, it stuck with us. Um, the average is easy. Excellence takes work. I actually got that from Joe Skiles, uh, who was on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, I heard him, I heard him say that in a sermon and it just, it stuck with me. And so it was something that, Hey, my sons need to know this. They need to hear this. And, you know, and some of them are things that I read and formulated, but for the most part, um, you know, I don't know that I'm smart enough to put all this together. So God gave it to me through other avenues. It's <laughs> very good. It's awesome. Did you say you were going to write a book and that was going to be I, the title of it? Well, I am working on, yeah, I'm working on a book with uh, some of the material that, that uh, we go through with our sons. And uh, I've got a couple of book ideas, um, but uh, I am working on a book with some of the material that, I'll, that I'm sharing with you tonight uh, about uh, the raising of godly children, um, raising godly offspring. And so. So will you give so, me and, permission to use uh be a gentleman, not a jerk on my marriage hey, seminars. You know what? You know what? Uh, anything I have, you are more than welcome to it. You go right ahead. So it's an awesome time. Any, any, any parents out there take the statements, use them in your home, tell your kids to be, this is how impactful that statement has been. We have walked in to our teacher, to, to our son's teachers at open house. And, you know, you go in, you meet the teacher, they look around the classroom, they put their stuff in their desk and all that kind of stuff. And we have told our, our boys as teachers, um, look, if you have a problem with our son, if our sons are acting up in class, if they're not behaving, all you have to do is look at them and tell them, are you being a gentleman or a jerk? And we'll tell them that they look at us funny and like, oh, okay. 
And every year, every year it has happened. The teacher has contacted me or gotten with us and said, hey, they were acting up in class the other day. And I looked at them and I said that statement. And just like that, they stopped what they were doing and they started behaving like I needed them to behave. That's Uh, awesome. And that teaching, it has to begin at home. Um, We have outsourced our children to the schools and to the church for too long. Mom and dad, God gave you kids for a reason, and you have to raise them up. That's plain and simple. Yes. So rich, so good. And what was number five? Um, Griping only makes it worse for everyone around you. I like that one, too. I feel like I need a plaque of these in my house. I know. Yeah, can we go over those one more time for the listeners? I will email you all of this stuff. Anything you want, I'll email all of it to you. Okay, Darlene, why don't you read those again so that uh, our listeners can get it. Okay, I I need a little bit of help here. But number one, gentlemen, not jerks. Ladies, not a loser. That's correct. Okay, number two, I need help with this one. Average is easy. Excellence takes work. Takes work. Okay, yep. it takes work. I, I missed that part. Okay, uh, belated obedience is disobedient. That's correct. Uh, number four, it's not what you're saying, but how you're saying it. That, yep, that's right. That one is the one that's that hurts. That's one of my house. <laughs> <laughs> but this is well, good. With, I mean, this is with good teachers. They'll take off yelling and screaming at you, and and you know, and and as a parent, your first instinct is to flare back up at yeah, them, right you know. Back, yeah. yeah, and so I had to teach my sons because, especially when they hit fourteen and fifteen, I mean, they're wanting to assert their manhood, and and I'll be honest with you, I've went chest to chest and toe to toe with my boys before, you know, but. I had to teach them, look, it's not what you're saying. I'm hearing what you're saying, but it's your tone. It's how you're saying it to me. And if you'll change the tone and the way you're presenting it, uh, I'll I'll hear what you have to say, and we'll have a good discussion about it. And I remember that as a teenager myself hearing yeah. that. Yeah, I don't like your I don't like the tone of your voice. Right. And, right. And you know, I mean, it's so vitally important. And, and we're going to go to number five, which is griping only makes it worse for everyone. And and what has happened in our society, and you take it back several, you can take it back, you know, 40, 50 years of generations raised by fathers that didn't take this principle. And they were raised by fathers and mothers that were not gentle, and especially fathers were not gentles. And, and, right. and so there was a lot of hardness that was passed on. And so that's why so many responsive to young people, they have learned to act and react according to how they've been taught. Right. But God is doing his best to raise up a generation. We are refusing to lose this generation that is around us, that is being raised up. And what you two are on and the mission that you're on, and it is a mission. Right. I, it, it is a mission to raise yours, but to tell others, audiences, everywhere you guys get a chance <laughs> Because you are raising up men that will teach their children and their children's children. And as far out as that can get, it's going to make such a difference. Right. Well, and one of the, one of the key, ver- let me give you a verse that, that God 
has just put in our path that we we think about, we pray about, we refer to quite a bit. Uh, and it's it's probably you're probably going to think, huh? Well, that's a strange place to find a verse about parenting. But in uh, Malachi two and fifteen, um, he he says, uh, let me read this to you. He says. Did he not make them one, talking about a husband and wife, mm-hmm. with a portion of the spirit in their union? So God said, I, I put me, I put them together. Okay, so marriage is not just husband and wife. It's God, husband and wife yes. is what it is. And then it goes on and it says, and what was the one God seeking? And that's a question. So what was God seeking when he put man and woman together? Well, was he, you know, what was he seeking? What was he looking for? Malachi says it very plain and simple, godly offspring. <laughs> it said right there in the verse. That's what good. was God seeking when he put them together? Godly offspring. God brings man and woman together for one purpose, to raise up the next generation, to honor him, to love him, to worship him. And therefore, that was that was our passion in raising our sons. That is our passion in raising our sons. And that will be our passion even years down the line when we begin to help in the in, in, in the resourcing of our grandchildren. I'm not raising my grandkids. I'm going to influence my grandkids and pour into them. But um but but our job was to raise godly offspring, and that's what we have strived to do uh over the last several 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 years that is it's so good and we're uh planning to uh soon we're going to do a parenting class we're going to start a parenting class because we have so many young couples and are really interested and have even asked if we would do that and so uh i want to ahead of time i want to ask you if uh, we can give you a call ahead of time and you guys come over and uh, teach a session or two for us on the parenting class. And I then just... if you'd be interested to take my 13 home with you for one week, <laughs> 13-year-old, for some direct one-on-one training, that would be awesome. Well, it starts we with would... you, Tiffany. It's I know, and I've started, and and I've restarted. and uh, we, we would love... We would love to come and teach. Um, there are two topics that I love to teach on, and... The, uh, Parenting is one of those. Marriage is the other one of those. And so those are both uh, in our wheelhouse. So, yeah, we would love to do that. Definitely. Awesome. Definitely. These principles kind of go hand in hand with marriage, though, as it well. Does. I mean, every one of those yeah. things, you could they speak do. to a husband Absolutely. or even to a yeah. That's what I was it's, thinking about uh, on the tone of voice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've well, heard that and, once or twice in my marriage. Yeah, I've heard it once. I think. I've heard it in your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and that's that's exactly true because um, in order for a teacher to share information, they have to learn it themselves first. Yeah, and um, you know, like 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 you were talking about a while ago, Darlene, is that we have so many boys that are trying to be men, but they don't know how to be men, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, when we look at the life of Jesus, you know, we, we say, well, a husband's supposed to be a provider. Well, what all did Jesus provide? I mean, was it finances or was it so much more? So and much more. Uh, yeah, you know, he was he was gentle. He was loving. He was yes. kind. And so many husbands think that, well, I'm just supposed to provide money. No, that word provide means you provide everything. It, yes. It's it's. It's it's gentle tones. It's mm-hmm. tenderness. When she's crying, you cry. 
Um, you, you just, and, and that's, that's my passion as a husband. And I find that when I do my part, it makes Rachel absolutely want to do her part to be the wife that God has called her to be. And so, um, and so I did not want, um, I did not want my boys at 40 years old sitting somewhere and thinking to themselves, who am I and who am I supposed to be? So good. And so so I wanted to, I wanted to define that for them. Um, You're teaching your boys how to be a good husband also, not just how to be a good man, but they're, you're modeling proper, you know, husbandship also and and the kind of wife that they want, you know, they see in in their mom. And that's just amazing. Yes. Beautiful. So we want you you to, we want you to take us a little bit into the individual, what you're doing. I don't know that we can get through all this in one podcast. And and if you would be willing to stick around, we will put a part two to this. Uh, because I know our listeners, they are going to want to hear. So I don't want you to feel like you're being rushed or anything. But I want you to kind of tell us wherever you want to go with this next. Okay. All right. Um well then, let me let me give you another scripture, okay? So yes. in Pro- in Proverbs twenty two and verse number six, it's a it's a scripture that everybody's going to be familiar with, um, but I don't know that you've thought about it in the way that I'm going to present it to you today. So Proverbs twenty two and six: Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So a lot of times we read that scripture and I've heard it preached that, you know, well, you, you train your child in the things of God. And when they get old, you know, they'll come back to God and they'll come back to the things of God. Um, but I really want you to look at it from a parenting perspective. Train up a child in the way he should go. I think one of the biggest downfalls as a parent is to try to get your child to do what you want them to do. Um, you live life through your children. I'm going to sign you up for this sport. You're going to work this kind of job. You're going to be this kind of person. Um, but what does God want them to be? Right. Mm -hmm. And that is what this verse is saying. Train up a child in the way he should go. What way should he go? He should go in the path that God has laid out for that child, whether it's a young man, whether it's a young woman. And so as a parent, that verse always uh, struck me. And so we always strive to pray. We prayed and we always strive to, to find out, God, what is your way for our sons? What, how do you want us to train them, God? Just like as I begin to prepare to preach on a Sunday morning, I pray, God, what do you want your people to hear? What What's the word? I don't want them to hear my words. I want them to hear your words. And that was... That was our heart's prayer is, God, what path do you want our kids to walk? And and what lessons do we need to teach them? And what do we need to do in their life uh, to raise them? And so that started kind of with the DNA statements. And God just began to kind of download some of those into us. And 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 then um, and then I came across a book. All right. Uh, and this was a book that we talked with you about in our meeting a couple of weeks ago that we had. Um, yeah, that's the one that Lou, Lou ordered it already. 
Oh, okay. All yeah. right. We're, we're excited before you ever got started. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the book is, is called, am I allowed to say this on the podcast? Absolutely. Just <clears throat> Absolutely. The book is called Raising a Modern Day Knight. All right. Um, it's a father's role in guiding his son to authentic manhood. And uh, it's by Robert Lewis. And so um, I had a good friend of mine, Michael Coley, um, you know, was talking with me and he said, he said, dude, because that's the way he talks, dude, right. you need to get this book. And so uh, I got the book and I started reading it. And I mean, it just, it hooked me because that was my son's. Now, it's a great book. Not everything they talk about in the book I applied, but I took the things that I knew would work for my sons and I applied it um, to our sons. And so we we knew that we had to have a very clear path to walk, uh, of course, praying and asking God. And one of the things that we realized was that young men in our world today, they have to have accomplishments, uh, young men have to conquer things. Yes, um, they they need they need to they need a clear finish line. They need a clear stopping point. Uh, if they're going to climb the mountain, you have to give them a clear peak. When you make it to that peak, you have climbed it. When you cross that finish line, that's the end of the race. And um, young men need that in their life. They need adventure. They need the finish line. And so. Uh, we decided that we wanted to take and make what we called trophy moments in our son's life. Now, when we started all of this, our boys were probably around the nine and 10 year old age, you know, um, I, I don't, yeah, the oldest ones. And so I want you to get this, uh, and it may have been 11 and 12 right in there. (laughs) It's somewhere in those years. I don't want you to get this. I, I don't want you to get this idea that, you know, oh, they've been doing this since birth. No. Well, that was going to be my question. I'm like, all right, when did we start this? How far, how late am I? <laughs> yeah. No, no, not too I'm late. Correct, Tim. I know Jaron and AJ were both in junior high because he didn't get this book until we moved to Iberia. So. Okay. Mama knows. See, Mama knows. He who has a wife has a good thing. <laughs> That's right. That's right, John, for sure. And so, and so I, I, we, we realized our boys needed trophy moments. Now, we realized that there were some trophy moments that we had already uh, passed by. And so once those moments are passed, you can't make those up, but you can begin trophy moments right now where you're at with your, with your children. I think as much as young men need trophy moments, I think young women need trophy moments as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Let me, let me be a little more international with it, so maybe you'll under our, our our audience will understand it. America is one of the only um, cultures that does not do a rite of passage ceremony. Right. Um, you know, uh, all kinds of different cultures all over the world. They do moments where they. The, the young men and the young women, they go through certain things, and those moments define them. They are, they are defining moments in, in their lives to make them uh, move into that next step, all right? And so as we, as we begin to, to, to ponder this and prepare uh, for, for the podcast today, we realize that probably the first um, – the 
first trophy moment for us would have been that moment of dedication. Uh, that, that when we dedicated our boys to the Lord, we, uh, we went before our pastor, which was my dad, my dad, uh, I've had the privilege of my dad dedicating all four of my sons unto the Lord. And, uh, we just like Hannah did in the word of God, we, we made that decision and said, God, these are your sons. These, these are your children. Uh, and it made that verse of training up a child in the way he should go. It made that easier on us because we gave them into the hands of God. Yes. And so I, I truly believe that dedication is a first trophy moment in, in a young man and a young woman's life. All right. Um, and then the book, and if, if you need to jump in and say anything, go ahead, because I'll just, I love teaching this stuff. Oh, I really do. good. So you go for it. <laughs> okay. The, the, the second moment that we found was uh, what we called the rite of passage, or a phrase that we like using better is a night of honor. So our two oldest sons at the age of 16 both had a night of honor. It was a, a, a night that we set up uh, to honor them. Okay, Uh, and my wife is the decorator and the party planner. So I'm going to let her just kind of explain uh, that side of it and what we did and how we did it. So, well, for the night of honor, we started out with we sent out invitations just like you would for a wedding. We had RSVPs and everything else. We did this at the church, but we set up the tables, put the nice tablecloths on, had the centerpieces, the fine china, um, hired a caterer to cater a meal or we cate we when it comes to the food portion, we did cater each night of honor since we've only had two because we only have two boys that have been 16. The first one is all about food. So his was definitely catered food. We had the it was roast beef roast and beef and potatoes. all of the sides and desserts and everything else you can imagine so things and that he would have things that he would enjoy yes yeah. everything was catered around them and what they liked so and then our second son he could really care less about food as long as he had the desserts so <laughs> we probably honestly should have had somebody there to give insulin shots for as much sugar <laughs> as people that night because we had about four tables of nothing but different desserts. Let's just say Pastor Darrell would have absolutely enjoyed that <laughs> night. True. You got it, John. I think I cooked for a week for that thing. So. Well, that's hilarious. Four tables of desserts. We the, yeah, we had the decorations. Um, what else? We, um, along with not just a dinner uh, and a time for people to come. And, and let me tell you something. People... They didn't quite understand it at first. You know, they were like, is this a birthday party? And we're like, yes, but but this is a, a, a rite of passage. And, and people that have gotten close to us, they understand what it is now. Um, and it wasn't just a it wasn't just a, a, a dinner that we did. Um, I brought in and in, in this book, Raising a Modern Day Night, he he, he compares raising boys to uh, taking them from being a squire to a page to a knight himself. And, and he talks about all of that in a book, and it's just it's beautiful imagery. Uh, and so what I did was I felt it important to bring in um, some men that I knew 
would speak well into my sons. Mm. And and uh, I prayed about it and said, God, what topic do you want them to speak on that my son needs to hear? I, I didn't leave it up to the to the gentlemen themselves. I prayed about it because remember, I'm 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 his shepherd. I'm his father. Right. I'm the one training him up. Right. And so I prayed and said, God, what do you, what does each son need to hear? And uh, I brought in um, three different three different speakers for 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 both of them. Um, some of them couldn't make it in person, and so they videoed and uh, gave them about ten minutes each, and uh, they talked and they shared. And I mean, and then after they shared, uh, we brought we brought that particular son up, and I asked every, and I was very specific when I asked this. I said, if you are a Christian spirit-filled man, I want you to come. Mm-hmm. And and those men came to the front, those those knights came to the front, those knights of the faith came to the front. I love it. And That's we true. gathered along with my sons and and their grandfathers, we gathered around uh, our son. And, and and the whole time Rachel's sitting off to the side because this is a this is a total guy mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and she understood that. She she understood that. She understood I'm raising sons and a young man needs to be led by a young man. Um, a young man doesn't need to be at certain points. Yes, a young man needs to be instructed by his mom and by a godly woman. But in this moment, the rite of passage, he understood that her best place was to watch and to pray from a distance. Mm-hmm. And and we gathered around him. And we laid hands on him, and and the main speaker that I brought in, I, I had them pray because there was no way that I was going to be able to pray. Um, and as he began to pray an individual prayer, a specific prayer over our son, I mean, just the anointing of God and the Spirit of God fell upon And they knew that something was different from just a few moments earlier. They that knew it's so, so powerful. That's yes. so beautiful. That's really cool. It is, and and I want you to finish. We're gonna we're gonna close this program out in two or three minutes, because we want you to come back for the following week. Because I believe that people that got a little bit of it this week, they're gonna tell someone else, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're gonna want to come back because. Uh, John and and Rachel, this is so important. We're living in such a pivotal time of our life, and our young people are crying out for help. And that's the reason that they're out there doing the things they're doing because they're so lost, and no one has extended something, you know. And it's going to take it's going to take preparation of of our men and our women, and and, you know, because like you said, you know, we want to see. We want to see young men raised up to be the gentlemen, and we want to see uh, young women to to learn how to be ladies again and understand right. that they're worth something. So, right. so go ahead and tell us a little bit, but just leave us enough, enough a, a teaser, cliffhanger, enough a, a teaser. little cliffhanger, and yeah. then we're going to come back because this is okay. just too good. Well, after the prayer. Um, what we would do, because in that rite of passage, when when that young man would move from being a a, a, a page to a squire, a page stayed in the house and brought in firewood and hauled laundry and brought 
you know, food into the kitchen. So they stayed around the house. The squire would move out and they would take care of the knight's horse. And it was in those years, those between that age of 16 to, to 18, 20 years old, that the knight would begin to work with that squire. And the knight would put a weapon in their hand and figured out what weapon they were good with because knights just didn't use swords. They had javelins, they had spears, they had uh, hand-to-hand combat, all, all kinds of different. And so the knight would take that squire and, and figure out what they were good at. And so that's something that we wanted to do. So at their night of honor, we very diligently, Rachel and I, we prayed about God, what do we put in our son's hand? What, something that they can use for you. What is that sword that they can use for your kingdom? John, and can we yeah. can we say that for next week? Because yeah. that's really a, a good point. And I think we need to spend a little time on that because, because you guys thought about it. You prayed about it. It, it was very costly for you. It wasn't something that you just went out and uh, handmade or something. It was something that was very costly. Uh, right. I remember the story. And I think... Uh, in order to do it justice, we need to talk a little bit more than just two or three minutes on that. Is that okay? Okay, sure. This right, is yeah. not this is not my show. It's not at the table with Daryl, but I, <laughs> I just know I know what's coming up, and I think it needs yeah. it needs more than just a two or three minute uh, explanation. Well, and we're also going to go into your second son, and so yes, we're excited, and, and uh, we're so glad that all of you have been listening tonight. Uh, at the table with Darlene, and we're going to pray over this because we just really feel like, I believe with all my heart that this is probably one of the most important podcasts we've had, and we've had some awesome podcasts, really good, but I feel an urgency in the spirit realm right now, and we have all year long for our families because our families can help change the course of our nation, and so it's really important. So I'm going to ask you, uh, John or Rachel or both of you would just pray over the listener uh, before we go off of this podcast. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord, I am so thankful for your love and your mercy to us. God, I'm thankful that grace was extended unto us. And Lord, I'm thankful that your hand of blessing and favor has been upon me. And God, I'm thankful for the heritage that I have. God, I'm thankful that you love me. Now, God, I have friends that are listening today. I've I've never met them. I don't know who they are, but God, I love them, and they are my friends. And Lord, maybe they're having difficulty with their uh, children. Maybe they're having difficulty in parenting. Maybe they're not sure what to do. Father, I pray, Lord, that the seed that is being planted right now would begin to grow and flourish. God, I pray that... You would, uh, the things that Rachel and myself have went through and we have learned and we have prayed over and cried over, God, I pray that it make that road easier for my friends that are listening. And God, just something that was said in this podcast, bring it to their memory, God. Let them go back and write it down again and let them begin to pray about it over their children because, God, you put those children in their lives so that they could raise them to be godly offspring. And so, God, let them be effective in the raising and the training of their children. Lord, I'm going to give you praise and glory in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 Until the next time, at the table with Darlene, may the peace of God rule and reign in your heart.
Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.